You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tox Arutere. This is episode 11. Welcome to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe it takes a village to raise a girl. Episode 11 is the value of a good friend because it takes a village. How are you enjoying the sunshine? At least for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, this is my season. (laughs) Actually, it's my second best season, autumn. That's my favorite. And that has got to do with the warm and earthy colors, which I am drawn to probably because personality-wise, I'm a sanguine, but I do love the sun. I love the heat. I love the sun. I grew up in hot Nigeria, so I'm used to that and I've always preferred that. What have you been up to? As for me, I'm currently redecorating my office because we had a water damage done (laughs) due to the leak a few weeks ago. And so this week the carpet was laid and we also have new lights. The old lights didn't get damaged, but we're planning on changing them into something more 21st (laughs) century-ish. And we got scammed. Rather, I got scammed by an electrician named Chris. And I'll share the details on the episode that has the word worthiness in it because That taught me a very important lesson about how I saw myself and why I would accept the level of service that this guy brought to me, in which he eventually scammed me. So I've been enjoying some press this month and have been privileged to be featured in a number of newspapers. This week, I did an interview with the Times. Yes, the Times highly respected paper. I'm so thrilled. And the journalist asked me to send a photo of myself in the shop. And I thought, we're done. No more. No more same photo in my lovely green dress by Everfab. I love that dress, but I had only one or two or three pictures in the shop and every journalist, which I wasn't expecting, have been, they've all asked for the same thing. Can you send us a photograph of you in the shop? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Well, we're not in the shop, you know, it's COVID and I just did not think to go and take new pictures. (laughs) I didn't. But when this journalist asked me, I thought, you know what, we're done. I'm going to find a photographer, get that sorted out. And I did. But we had a deadline, you see, I promised the journalist to get the pictures to him first thing in the morning. I booked a session about 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning, an hour and a half away from my house because that's how far I live from the boutique. And the photography company said that they normally walked on a 24-hour time frame for the release of the photographs because they had to be worked on, whatever that meant. But they'll do their best to get them to me before noon, So come noon, I ended up just grabbing the unedited raw pictures from the guy who took the pictures and sent it to a guy on Fiverr 
with the words, can you work on this? Whatever work on means, I know they know what it means, right? And this is where things got interesting. He had advertised his service as magazine glamour photos. I thought, yes, this is what the Times is worthy of. No instructions, just work on this, I told him. And my word, my most used phrase this week has clearly been work on, and I'm gifting it to you today. Ladies and gentlemen, the photograph came back and I spent the first minute or two looking for talks in the lady that was standing there wearing my dress and my hair. She looked nothing like me. She looked so glamorous. <laughs> oh, I was warned, right? And she was absolutely stunning. Then I was faced with a crisis. I preferred her to me. But she's not me. And if I sent this photo off, I'll be lying. But I really liked her hair. And I really liked her makeup. And I really liked her legs. And I liked everything about her. So I sent it to my husband, who does not mince his words. He says it like it is. And he loves me dearly. So he'll tell me the truth. You should have heard his response. Wow. Oh my goodness. And I said, does this look like me, hon? His response, uh, the eyes are kind of yours, but then they're hazel. Oh, wow. Your makeup. And guys, that's when I noticed that he had changed my eyeshadow. He gave me a pair of sexy, smoky eyes. And I fell in love with those eyes. <laughs> Husband continued. I found your dimples. Oh, they're not as deep, but they're still there. And oh, your cleft is gone. So that was how we ended up picking and choosing elements of yours truly. I told him I couldn't send the picture because it was inauthentic, much as I preferred it to the real one. But there was a problem. I wanted to. I went as far as attaching the preferred photo to the email and hitting send. But I have a one minute delay on my work emails and so I unsent it. And I tell you, it was not a pleasant feeling. So I ended up sending him the real me. And I felt much better afterwards. My dear friend Susie called to tell me I needed a photo shoot. She had just been on Facebook and seen another press cutout that I had posted on my profile wearing the same lovely outfit and I filled her in on my adventures and that's the sort of friend you need the one who will call you to tell you to fix up I'm a blessed woman the journalist replied he wanted more pictures he wanted one with me in front of the shop so I rebooked my guy and we scheduled a mini shoot for the next morning and my problem got worse. <laughs> the following morning, as I got ready, I decided I wanted smoky eyes. I don't know how to create that look. My makeup skills are not bad. They're okay. But I have not yet done the class on smoky eyes. People, I spent 20 minutes applying and cleaning off eye makeup 
because I had set a standard for myself that was created on someone's computer in Serbia. In the end, I gave up. My giving up came when I recollected some of my lessons, one of which was that the inside is superior to the outside. And another one was authenticity is the measure of your inside against your outside. And even Stevie Wonder could see that outside did not match this inside. What I find most interesting is that I've never felt insecure about my appearance. I was blessed to have been raised by parents who still think the world of my inside as well as my outside. I've never tried to be anyone else but me. Okay, let's not count Diana Ross. I wanted to be Diana Ross, but that's probably all I've ever wanted to be. I loved her glittery gowns. I loved her hair. I loved her makeup. My ringtone is Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I just love her. But anyway, I don't know her, but I love her. But it's funny how your space of contentment can become threatened so easily by an external force, isn't it? In episode two, I shared about the need to reserve a space in your heart that you assign to problem solving and critical thinking because certain factors can override your instincts or your plans when it comes to making decisions. One of those factors is the friends you keep. This episode, episode 11, I love that number, is the first of a three-part series on friendships and we'll be exploring and looking at various angles of this unique agreement between humans. When I look back on my life's journey, I see that every time I got into a jam, whether it was physical or emotional, it was my friends that helped me get out of it or make sense of it. A girl's first friend is herself before her siblings, if she has any. The closeness and love that we have for our own self, I believe, forms the foundation of future relationships. I believe, too, that the insecurities we carry are responsible for any relationships that are toxic that we keep holding on to. You know, I would go as far as saying that you can claim ignorance when you first get into a relationship that's toxic because you didn't know who they were. But once you know who the person is and you see the toxicity and you begin to explain it away, whatever happens, that's on you. But I do think that we attract our weaknesses and we attract the the kind of people that we think will fill the void. So I've been thinking about the types of friends to have and, of course, the ones to avoid. But today we'll look at qualities of a good friend and I'll introduce you to some of mine. I don't know about you, but as I've gotten older, my circle of friends have shrunk. <laughs> Maybe it's because you truly need a village to raise you until you don't need as much hand-holding any longer. Letting go of your tribe's hands can be a sign of growth, although not always. I've picked out three types of friends that have helped me grow over the years. 
Number one is the one who takes you in when you're homeless. True story. If you've been following the podcast from episode one, you'd know about my perfect storm. And it wasn't perfect because everything turned out okay. It didn't. We lost every material item we ever owned. It was perfect because various factors, each powerful enough to cause a storm in itself, all came together to make sure that we experienced a tsunami. And I learned a lesson during that season that you cannot tell who your true friends are until you're stripped of everything. Because some people are friends with the things that embellish you. Others are friends with the way you look when you are adorned by nice things, like the smoky eyes that are not part of my everyday look. Still, others are friends with you because of how you make them feel. And in all honesty, not many people can stomach a Debbie Downer in their circle. So we returned to England, homeless and empty-handed, and this friend, Susie, took my growing family into her home because I was growing a baby in my belly, son number four. And you know how the Bible refers to the woman who washed the feet of Jesus with her hair? It says, wherever this story is told, this woman will be mentioned because of her deeds. Well, I cannot tell the story of my life without mentioning Susie's name. We didn't grow up together, but we might as well have. One of the attributes I noticed only years later when I looked back was that she never looked down on us for not having anything to our name. I have to make you understand this. We live in a world where value is determined by quantity, you know, by things, how much you have or by position, what role or title you hold. One of the many benefits of my storm was a realignment of my values. So while I don't judge people now, (laughs) I used to, but I don't judge people or suck up to them by how little or how much they have at the time I did. And at the time I felt small and I felt inadequate because I didn't have what I considered to be things of value. But my friend was way past that. She thought differently. She saw and still sees the value in people. She doesn't see the assets she doesn't see their achievements, and she does not see their position. Did I say everyone needs a Susie in their life? Well, you do. The joy of having a person who truly sees you and truly loves you is plentiful. You can be yourself and not worry about how they'll receive you. You don't have to plan and arrange your words or your face (laughs) before you speak. You can give them a gift in a paper bag because you forgot to buy a gift bag. You can even forget their birthday and they'll be fine with that because they know you and your friendship goes beyond material things. I came across this quote which aptly describes this sort of friendship. A friend is one who overlooks your broken fence and admires the flowers in your garden. 
it's by an anonymous source, but I think it's absolutely beautiful and so very apt. The next type of friend you want is the one who will pray with you at 2am in the morning. My son was at heaven's door. The doctors had given up on him. They didn't know what else to do. In fact, their exact words were, Mrs. Arutere, I am sorry, but we've done all we can. Shoulders were busy being hunched all over the place. Voices were hushed and low. And this scared mother fell to her knees begging the doctors, begging God to try again. It was 2 a.m. or so in the morning and I called three friends as well as my auntie in Leicester and I told them to pray. My dear friend Bouquet, a doctor who I see once in like seven years, lives in the USA actually. Put it this way, we've only seen each other twice in the last 30 years or so. But with her, that's neither here nor there. And you need that friend too. The one who doesn't get upset that you didn't call her. You know, the one who loves you without needing to say so with words. I knew she'd pray. We'd prayed together in the past and shared intimate conversations. She was one out call when I needed prayer. Shola, another friend, told me she'd call me right back and she did. Five minutes later, talks. The reason I said I'd call back was because God woke me up a couple of minutes before you called and told me to expect your call. <laughs> now that freaked me out. But I saved the freaking out for later because I needed to deal with the matter at hand. Shola left her house, her family, at two in the morning and made the 30-minute drive to a hospital in the cold to sit and wait and pray with her friend. Guys, you need a Shola in your life. For me, it's twofold. Because for years, I had marveled at her willingness to get out into the cold night and drive to meet me. I struggled to leave my warm duvet just to have a quiet time by myself downstairs in my own house, wearing a warm house coat, fuzzy socks and a hot cup of tea. But this woman not only left her bed, she left her house and she headed out. While I was preparing this episode, I saw a second side to it, a side to the friendship that I never considered, which is that I had someone in my life that God could reach and speak to on my behalf. And when she showed up, this girl prayed and cried out to God like she was praying for her own child. She felt the same panic I felt being a mom and feared for our son's life. And God answered, that 12-year-old boy is now 19, still as cheeky as ever, still as loving as he was at 12. And a quote that describes this type of friend is this, good friends are like stars. You don't always see them, but you know they're always there. The third type of friend I want to introduce to you is the one that can zoom out of your life, take an aerial view 
and come back and tell you what's up. This is your sensible friend. She's non-judgmental, she's slow to speak, and she doesn't display a desperation to air her views. Rather, she listens and she observes and has the ability to remove her emotions from whatever it is you're freaking out about. And that way she can make a sensible recommendation for you. Everyone needs one of these in their life. I was having a moment. I knew what I wanted to do. I was clear on the direction I needed to grow in, but lacked the confidence in my own ability. I had unburdened to my trusty journal. I had shared in passing with my close friends and You know, they just knew that I could do whatever it was I wanted to do. Because you see, my friends have a lot of confidence in me, often a lot more than I have in myself. What I didn't tell them was that I couldn't see what they saw until I spoke to Oga. She asked me what was stopping me. And I opened up and told her I had no evidence that I had ever achieved such a feat. And so she sat me down and began to school me on what I had successfully done. You go to work every day. That shows consistency. You have built a business from scratch. That shows resilience. Talks, you have a busy household and you run it well. That shows strength. That's the proof you need. You know, sometimes we need to get out of our own heads and allow our gifts to just speak to us and lead us. My concerns were valid. The limitations I identified were true. They were facts. But my friend was able to see that they existed indeed, but that my gifts were superior in strength and my experiences could override my weaknesses. I recognize some of my gifts, but not all of them. I too am able to hover over the lives of others and see that in the end they made it. This was what I saw when I looked over another friend's life. I could see that he had a gift and a path ahead of him and it led to a beautiful destination. I saw that he was overflowing with talent and ability But he, like me, did not see them, so he couldn't believe in them. I moved a little left and I saw that he was drawing most of his conclusions based on what he saw. I also noticed that his emotions played a major part in his beliefs. I saw some obstacles on his path, but there was a way around it. The trouble was he had come so close to each one and was battling them, that it obscured his vision of what else was possible. If only he could take a few steps back and trust the directions that he was given right at the start. Unofficially, my life has been dedicated to staring people away from obstacles in the form of limiting beliefs, I can't say that I recognized this as a gift, but it really gets to me when I see people struggling, completely unaware that they are carrying the solution to their problems. My prayer 
is that the Living Inside Out podcast will help you identify the mindsets, the beliefs and filters that have become an obstruction so that you can reach out and get a hold of the gifts that God has given you. I truly, truly believe that we carry in us all we need to progress, but it takes a village to do so. This week, I want you to identify the traits you see in your friends and appreciate that God has placed them in your life. Everyone needs that trusted friend that can zoom out of their life, take an aerial shot and tell you what they see. But to attract that friend, you've got to be vulnerable, yet able to put your own sensitivity to the side. You must also make room for that type of friend, for all types of friends, by removing the people who occupy spaces in your life for the wrong reasons. And that will be in the next episode where we'll explore toxic friendships. I don't have a title yet, but we'll see. We'll see. I've only shared three traits using three or four of my friends, but there are more and I will introduce them further down the line. To subscribe to this podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening you can also join my friends list on my website, which is talksarotere.com, my first name and my surname, and I've left the link in the show notes. I'll really appreciate a five-star iTunes rating and review because it helps to increase the ranking of this podcast. I discovered something new the other day that you can only see the ratings in the country where the rating was posted in. So I've got friends in different countries in the world and if they've posted a rating or, or, or rated the podcast and, po- and posted a review on there, I can't see it unless I change my view to whatever country that is. So don't be discouraged if you go there and there is only one rating or only one review. It's not an aggregate of all of the ratings by the very kind people who have done so. So please join in and help us. <laughs> Let's connect on social media. I sometimes have a burst of inspiration and I go on and I record a video and I post it on Instagram and I post it on Facebook. I get really excited when I do that. But those inspirational moments are short and infrequent. They're rather random. So connect with me. My handle is my first name and surname, no spaces or dashes. So it's at Talks Arotere on Facebook, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm particularly active on Instagram and Facebook as well as LinkedIn, but I'd love to connect with you. I wish you a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you for listening and remember to leave always from the inside out.